the deadhead cannabis show this is jim marty reporting from sunny and warm 81 degree denver colorado blue sky but we actually wish we had some rain because we still have our forest fires going in the northern part of colorado and i've got larry mishkin up in illinois chicago land how you doing larry jim i'm doing just fine hope you're doing well always a pleasure to have a chance and spend a few minutes talking about two of our favorite topics with you. Um, everything's beautiful here in Chicago today, warm enough that we all had to go back to wearing shorts. And uh, hopefully that'll last for a few more days. At least it got a little bit nippy over the weekend this past week, but, uh, but we're rocking and rolling right now. And everybody's uh, still feeling the summer. You know, if, if we had a late uh, summer tour right now, this would be perfect to be outdoors dancing away. So uh, we'll have to see what we can do with that. Although I do note for the record that this past weekend, um, J-Rad uh, uh, performed at Lockin, and uh, I, I caught one of their shows one night on the um, uh, on the link that they provided, and uh, you know it was great. I love J-Rad. It was always fun to see them. You know they were playing. I I, I want to say they were playing in the Brooklyn Bowl. Um, you know it's empty. They're in there, and uh, it was all good stuff. But boy, when you get this beautiful weather, it really wants you to be outdoors. Which Brooklyn Bowl? <laughs> I think in Brooklyn now, don't they? They have a theater that they call the Brooklyn Bowl. I don't know what they, they all do. about it. Yeah. There, yep. And there's one in Vegas too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's what I was asking. Was it? Oh, I see. Yeah. I think this one was in. I I I assumed it was in Brooklyn. I could be mistaken. Um, mm -hmm. but it was just fun, you know, to see him jam out. But uh, you know, all it does is, of course, just screams to the obvious, which is, uh, you know, we're all for guys like you and I, Jim, we're, we're going on a little too much time without, uh, you know, regular access to good live music and our regular bands. And, uh, you know, gets me a little, uh, gets me a little itchy every now and then I got to get out there and, you know, and move and, you know, be outdoors and be with my fellow deadheads and, uh, and having some fun. So I definitely miss that, but, uh, you know, they'll, they'll come back and, and we'll, uh, be able to focus on that. And in fact, um, Speaking about that for our listeners, next week, uh, we're going to have back probably one of our most favorite guests of all time, and that's Jay Blakesburg, who's the official photographer uh, for Dead & Company and for a, a number of other jam bands. Um, in addition to having him share some of his uh, legendary stories with us, uh, maybe he can give us a little bit of insight on what he's been hearing um, you know, from his regular uh, clients who he takes pictures of uh, in terms of plans that they may be coming up with, uh, especially if this lingers to the point where we can't get back into uh you know live theaters uh, anytime soon so something to look forward to next week we've had a few shows at red rocks as i mentioned on an earlier show with a lot of <laughs> social distancing they're going to let five thousand people into the broncos game this sunday wow okay they're, how are they deciding who yeah it they um it's a lottery among the season ticket holders okay Okay, that's it. Could be a empty stadium. What does that hold about seventy thousand people? Yeah, around there. Yeah. 
60, wow. 70. And, Unbelievable. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll, you know, the drive-in um, concerts, using the drive-in movie theaters for concerts seems to be working well as listening to the Tales from the Golden Road. And they had a guy on there from a band called Jerry's Middle Finger. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. And uh, obviously a dead tribute band. And they were doing some drive-in shows in California. Yeah, and as I mentioned about two weeks ago, we saw Trampled by Turtles uh, up here just outside of Cook County in, uh, in neighboring McHenry County at a drive-in theater there. And it was really a lot of fun. It was great to be outdoors. It was great to hear live music. I'd never heard Trampled by Turtles before. But at this stage, Jim, I got to tell you, if it's live music, they'd have to be really bad for me not to want to go see them. <laughs> yeah, our son Jack is a keyboard player in a fish tribute band called Kings of Prussia. Yep. And they've been getting some gigs. Nice. Um, some of the Grateful Dead bars in Denver are starting to book gigs. I'm not sure how the, you know what they're going to do as far as capacity or social distancing. And we've had some outdoor concerts up in Longmont where I live. Mm-hmm. So so far, no COVID breakouts. So we'll see. Um, you know, outside of CU Boulder, there's not that much COVID in. Um, the Denver area and Colorado in general. So, right. Right. Okay. Well, look, we'll keep our fingers crossed and see what we can do for that. And, you know, I know we've had them crossed for a while, but uh, hopefully we'll get there Um, in the world of music. uh, Staying in that topic for a minute. um, We lost a, uh, a true guitar legend the other day. And, you know, I, I've always found it's interesting. People have a pretty wide range of opinions on the band Van Halen. Um, some people love it. Some people can't stand them. Some people just know them because they've heard him on the radio a lot, but love them or hate them or whatever. I, I've never heard anybody, you know, who even has the, the least bit of familiarity with the band who wasn't totally in awe of Eddie Van Halen's guitar skills. And, um, you know, he, I, I think sometimes he kind of got a bad rap as being in a loud band that focused more on volume perhaps than, uh, um, you know, other bands and their qualities mm-hmm. he was a you know he was a pleasure to listen to he could pick up a guitar and do things with it that uh most other people just couldn't do Were you, did you ever have any uh, uh interest in van halen or follow them at all no i mean certainly i like their songs and um, i remember seeing some of david lee ross videos on mtv sure. in the 80s but i think they were the classic definition definition of a big hair 80. Yes. Right next to that definition in the dictionary, I'm sure there's a picture of Van Halen. Um, and, you know, they were a band that was good for controversy. They were always getting in fights and changing their lineup. They brought Sammy Hagar in for a while after David Lee Roth left. Then they brought David Lee Roth back in for a reunion tour. Then they brought Sammy Hagar back in for a reunion tour. But through all of that, um, you know, it just seems that the one thing you could always count on uh, was the skills of Eddie Van Halen and his guitar. And I've been just hopping onto YouTube the last few days and and all of a sudden there's there's seems like hundreds of uh eddie van halen you know guitar solo clips that you can just go and access and um you know he's he was a talent and it you know and what i really loved about it was he was one of those guys who you could just see when he was up there playing how much he loved to do it and uh just relevant to our show i saw that one of the largest uh, uh, longest celebrity shout outs to him was written by john mayer 
who mm. uh, was very effusive in his praise for Eddie Van Halen and how Mayer grew up listening to Van Halen and, and, and how that shaped his, his ideas of playing the guitar and, and, and putting himself out there. And of course now he's playing Jerry and, uh, and doing all of that. So it's, I guess it's kind of a small world in that, in the, in the rock and roll world. And you just don't know who's been influenced by whom. Yes. Um, as quick Van Halen story that our older son, Matt texted me this morning that Eddie Van Halen plays the solo guitar on Michael Jackson's Beat It. Yes, that's right. I heard that. And he did it in one take, and he did it for free. That I didn't know. So at least that's that's the story. I'm sure there's some truth in there somewhere. But, that's uh, the best part about those stories. You know, whether they're whether they're true or not, they sound good. They're the stories we want to believe, and that's a good one. I like that. But I did hear that Eddie Van Halen had written uh, had written some of those songs. Um, yes, unfortunately, so, you know, he died fairly young at 65, uh, right. which strikes very close to home for me. He was born in 55. I was born in 56. I hear you, but you know, I, I'll tell you, Jim, it's it's. Uh, he died of cancer. It's tragic. There's you know there's no other way to describe it. But I, I kind of you know when I look and see why these guys are dying, you know I'm always afraid that. We're, after a life of hard partying and many drugs, Eddie Van Halen pushed the envelope a little too far last night, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you're always hoping it's not that, and it wasn't, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, and, and, and to tell you the truth, I know that there was a time when, you know, Van Halen was a hard charging, hard partying, uh, rock and roll band. But I think a lot of that took place before, uh, modern social media and, you know, and a, a lot of it is kind of relegated to the rumors vault, you know, like the Led Zeppelin touring days and uh, the Eagles and things like that. Um, you know, I, I know that in that movie, uh, Cameron Crowe put out um, uh, his, his kind of uh, uh, self-biopic pick. Uh, they focus on that a lot. You know, these guys who just, you know, let their heads get too big for them. But, hey, you know what? At the end of the day, it was uh, it was an important type of music. It was very influential and, you know, certainly filled, uh, you know, a big hole in my uh, high school music listening days. And uh, Eddie Van Halen will be missed. Um, and as long as we're talking about people we lost in the world of music last week, we lost uh, both Mac Davis and Helen Reddy, um, neither of whom would typically pop up in the list of uh, jam band names or anything like that. Uh, Helen Reddy, I think, was pretty much known for her uh, her hit "I Am Woman." Uh, she covered a couple of other uh, uh, songs that were uh, made famous by women singers like Delta Dawn and maybe one or two others. And Mac Davis, you know, was really uh, a legend in his own right uh, with "Baby Don't Get Hooked on Me." And as our uh, producer uh, Dan Humiston uh, correctly pointed out before we jumped in today, uh, Mac was even responsible for uh, writing a few songs. Um, that uh, Elvis Presley made famous, like Memories and In the Ghetto, Don't Cry Daddy. Um, and uh, for me, the, the, the biggest uh, impact that Mac Davis uh, had on me and that I recall is when he played the quarterback in the movie North Dallas 40. Uh, uh, and, um, you know, that was, a, that was a great role for him. And uh, it, was, it was really fun and, and, and fun for him to see and, and kind of all the silliness that went on in the movie, but the important message it sent about football and um, with Nick Nolte as his wide receiver and they were buddies. And so that was great too. Um, but how I, old I raised, you, how sorry, old was Helen Reddy? Uh, in her seventies. Yeah. So. But the reason why I mentioned, mentioned these guys, Jim, and besides the fact that it is music and, you know, we would be remiss if we only focused on, uh, jam band stars. 
Um, but this got me thinking, and it got me thinking because when I read both of their obituaries, there was one little fact that was common in both of them, uh, which really you know, made me chuckle. And that was that in the 1970s, both Helen Reddy and Mac Davis, independent of one another, had their own one-hour celebrity variety shows on television. The Helen Reddy show, the, there was the Mac Davis show. Um, and, you know, my recollection of growing up when I was a kid was that there was always many, many of these. There was the Dean Martin show, and, and, and all of these people always had their own variety shows. In fact, if you were a celebrity in the 1970s, you had to try not to have a celebrity show, right? Otherwise, everybody was getting them. And, you know, one of the things, and, and most of them would last a year, maybe two, and then they drop off. And it was like, hey, guys, this isn't working. Does somebody get the message already? What made me think of that today was that I noticed right before we started taping um, uh, that Santana, the uh, the rock musician, Carlos Santana, one of the more famous rock and roll guitarists of our time, uh, is coming out with his own line of branded flower. And my first reaction was the same as my reaction to the celebrity TV hours, not another celebrity with their own brand of flower, right? These days, forget about the celebrity TV hour. Now the celebrities are all getting branded in cannabis. Um, and it, it, I find it interesting because each one of them comes in and tries to make a little bit of a splash and play on their, on their bona fides from back in the day when they were rock stars or whatever they did back then to, 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 to create a situation where somebody would, would connect them with cannabis. Um, I don't know about you and, and how many of these celebrity brands you have tried. Willie Nelson has one. I know Mickey Hart has a pre-roll joints. Um, I have yet to find one and, and I have to confess, I haven't tried Mickey Hart's yet, but I've heard good things about them, but I have yet to find a celebrity brand where I, I said, wow, this is, this is great. I'm going to really gravitate to this brand. Um, but that doesn't stop, you know, these companies from thinking, you know, what, what other celebrities are out there. And Jim, I'm telling you, it's just going to be a matter of time before Jim Marty branded flower hits the stands. Right, right. Well, <clears throat> you know, where you can't cross straight lines, they're really just selling the right to use their name on packaging in the various states. Um, you know, there's no consistency to the genetics of the cannabis. Right. I think that's true. I, I, and, you know, and, and I always find that interesting because that's that's pretty much the way it is in any industry and with any product when you get a celebrity endorser. Right. The celebrity is basically giving up their name for a product that maybe they use, maybe they don't. Who knows? Um, and I'm sure that that's true to some degree here as well. Um, although, once again, our, our very astute producer, Dan uh, Humiston, pointed out something that we were able to take a look at, which is um, one of the attractions to that might very well come from the current problem that we are having in this industry with obtaining a registered trademark from the U S trademark office. Uh, they've, they've, they've told us, uh, that any trademark that's related to cannabis directly about cannabis, uh, for a cannabis product, uh, you cannot get a trademark. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a schedule one controlled substance and they will not give a trademark for it. However, celebrities such as Santana long ago branded their name. They have trademarks on their name. Those trademarks exist already. And with my very, very limited and dangerous knowledge of trademarks, one thing that I do know that you can do is when you get a trademark, the trademark is then defined by its scope, meaning what classification of goods or services does it apply to? And you can have it apply to multiple classifications if you want. 
You just have to show that you're using it in those areas. And apparently there's a feeling that in this instance, although you can't get a new trademark for a cannabis product, if you have an existing trademark, like a celebrity trademark, you might very well be able to expand its scope into a new classification that includes, if not marijuana directly, herbal smoke or something like that. Um, and, and actually, that's something I'm going to look into uh, and hopefully be able to report back on next week because I, I know a couple of IP guys I can reach out to on that. And uh, I am very curious to hear about that because if that would really make a lot of sense uh, if it's a good way for manufacturers uh, you know, to be able to come out with a, a, a product that's already going to be branded because people know the names. And if you already have trademark protection in place, that takes care of a huge problem. Which swerves into <clears throat> another subject I wanted to talk about, yep. which is, you know, politics. And we're just a few weeks away from the presidential election. Right. And, um, you know, my opinion after this um, long summer with COVID and social unrest and riots and police using excessive force is no matter which party wins the House, Senate or presidency, I really think we're going to see a very swift move to some sort of legalization. Um, there's no mood among the police, law enforcement to arrest people for marijuana anymore. Um, you know, I think the police are very put off by this long, hot summer of social unrest and are very reluctant to arrest people for anything, never mind marijuana. You know, I think that that's a really, really good point, Jim. And, you know, maybe that might be some silver lining that we can hope to take uh, out of everything that went down this summer is it really has a tendency to put things in perspective. And it doesn't really matter for purposes of this conversation and for our listeners, you know, what side of those issues you come down on as much as it is that those were huge issues that dominated our life. And once you see and understand the feelings on both sides as to what goes into those types of issues, and, and you and I have long talked about this, my, my feeling is whenever I get into one of those kind of conversations and I need to get out of it gracefully, I just pull out a joint, we start talking marijuana and, you know, it gets us off the hot seat. Uh, really, really quick. And I think that that's the same here too. I think you could find, you could go out, you could pull people who swing really hard to the right and people who swing really hard to the left. And I think you will find common ground and that they will say that neither one of those groups is particularly interested at all uh, in seeing the police go around and enforce, you know, uh, what, 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 what you and I might call, um, you know, pedestrian marijuana laws, possession, things like that. I, I, I certainly believe uh, that law enforcement is not prepared yet to walk away from, uh, you know, what we would call, the, you know, the black market, the real black market, where, you know, the big guys are producing pounds and pounds and kilos of, of uh, you know, marijuana that's not grown in licensed facilities and, uh, and, and all of that. And, you know, th that may be something that they, they feel like they can't give up on yet. But certainly I think that for the average consumer, the average person, uh, the average smoker on the street, um, yeah, they're, they're, I, I can't see you know, for anybody what the big uh, excitement would be about uh, you know, going around and potentially creating more social un unrest by arresting people for doing something that you know, these days seems to be pretty common, whatever side of the aisle you sit on. Right. I think fairly quickly we'll have all 50 states with medical marijuana. Uh, Mississippi is, is voting on that in this November, so that'll be a nice bellwether 
of the South, Louisiana yep. and Florida both have uh, medical marijuana. Um, I don't think Florida is adult use yet, is it, Larry? I do not believe they are. I know they've talked about it. I don't think that they're there yet. Um, Arizona is voting for adult use. It's very likely that's going to pass. Yep, I think so. Arizona's been a player in the medical market for a long, long time. Um, And I do believe. Some of my clients down in the Four Corners area, the Four Corners of Colorado is where Utah, Colorado, New Mexico, and Arizona all come together and have a a common border. I guess you could put a quarter on the common border that they have but uh, those states do not have adult use so right. um, exactly right. in that part of the state do very well uh, the adult market in neighboring states absolutely that's been a big big part of uh, the the success with illinois uh, adult use market is illinois is uh, border seven states and of the seven states that it borders missouri has a medical i think they're the only one right now nobody else has an adult use uh, Michigan does, but uh, there is about uh, 40 miles of uh, highway you have to go through Indiana before you get to Michigan. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, we're seeing in Illinois, people in border towns, uh, their their businesses are, are, are really booming because they're not just capturing the Illinois market. They're getting all the people from across the river or the border or whatever it is. Um, and, uh, and and that's a great thing, too. And and what's really interesting, Jim, is we're, we're really seeing this branch out. I know we've touched on this before, but in uh, New York City, in San Francisco, in Denver, Colorado, and in Chicago, and maybe other cities by now, they've made moves to uh, decriminalize psilocybin and, right. uh, and and mushrooms. And, you know, part of that, I think, is coming from a push by the uh, the mental health industry, um, you know, suggesting that microdosing uh, of these substances can be beneficial for a number of different types of uh, uh, mental health treatments. But nonetheless, uh, you know, certainly, you know, even 10 years ago, let alone 15 or 20 years ago, imagine anybody even, you know, being willing to entertain the conversation about right. decriminalization. And yet here we are, um, and they are decriminalized. And, you know, uh, the next group is trying to push now to say that they should make the same uh, the same deal for LSD, because LSD supposedly has uh, the same medicinal values in microdosing for people who are um, depressed and and in a, a wide variety of other uh, mental illnesses and conditions, um, and and without passing any judgment whatsoever on the merits, uh, the, the the efficacy of the medical treatments that they that people espouse, um, I'm just amazed that it's a conversation that we're actually having, and I think it ties into what you say that you know the more we go forward as a society and the more we see all of these issues that are truly hot button issues. I, I just don't think people get that bent out of shape as much when when this is the issue that's on the table. Something that, for the most part, makes people happy, um, you know, is you know is is a is a promoter of of good times and good things and you know. Um, like so I was saying, yeah. I think it's going to come really fast after the election. All that cross border adult use that we were talking about. You know what the politicians call that, right? Leakage, hmm. leakage right. of testimony. Exactly. We'll get the message very quickly. And I think we'll see cannabis nationally. You never always have to be careful what word you use legalized, decriminalized, descheduled. There's so many different ways it could happen. Um, So we'll see. Um, 2021 is just around the corner. Exciting times. Having uh, some big tours again. We'll see. 
Um, and, and I'll tell you, Jim, uh, if we cross our fingers and if we really, really ask nicely, uh, maybe we can all convince ourselves that by the start of 2021, uh, Illinois will have actually issued its uh, adult use dispensary licenses and craft grow licenses uh, for everyone who was watching Missouri kind of stumble its way to uh, ignominy and, and, and really uh, pulling the standard down in terms of how a state should put a program into action. Uh, what's going on in Illinois right now is going to rival that, if not exceed it. Uh, just as a 30 second update, just because, you know, this is a ping pong game that'll never end. The people who all came in second place and missed qualifying for the tiebreaker by a point or two or three filed lawsuits and went and yelled and screamed. And even though the governor repeatedly said that there was nothing in the act that would allow for them to go back in and, and rescore the applications or do anything like that, uh, after a lot of yelling and screaming, that's exactly what he decided they were going to do. So all of the second place finishers dismissed all of their lawsuits and everyone's sitting around now waiting for the state to issue the rules by how this kind of second chance opportunity will work. Well, you didn't need to be a rocket scientist to figure out that just a few days ago, those groups that made it into the tiebreaker and who have already qualified for the tiebreaker are now suing and pushing back and saying, no, 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 no. We can't do this. You know, there's no basis to allow anybody else into the tiebreaker. We all started with the same rules and, you know, the same thing for everybody. Uh, we got perfect scores. You didn't. That's the way the cookie crumbles. There's always going to be a first place finisher and a second place finisher. Um, how a judge is going to rule on this new lawsuit, I can't tell you. Um, and, and whether they're doing it to try to get negotiating leverage with the governor to, to maybe for some sorts of guarantees that they will get a license, I have no idea. Um, but, you know, until these lawsuits work themselves out, they can't even really get these new plans into place because you don't want to spend the time and money getting the whole new plan ready to go. And then the next day have a judge tell you, nope, that's not going to work. So all of a sudden we were supposed to have these dispensary licenses issued on April 1st. Talk about an April fool's joke. Cause here we are, you know, and, and with, with these new rules, if they're followed, I can't imagine uh, that we're going to hear any sooner than the end of this year. And I think that would be optimistic. And then as far as the craft grow licenses are concerned, uh, a lot of people are now saying they're not going to issue those licenses until after they get this uh, dispensary debacle resolved because they're going to have to you know, they, they anticipated a lot of the same issues coming up with the craft grow applications. And so I think they want to wait, get it all worked out. And then it's, it's a mess. It is. And um, it's too bad for the craft growers because that's where the social equity program is in Illinois. Yep, you're right. And what I'll tell you though, it's, you know, it, 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 there's two ways to look at it. And I tell my clients, I say, you know, to my clients who are in the industry trying to get that license for you guys, this really sucks for everybody else in the state of Illinois. Are you kidding me? They've got adult use marijuana. They can go buy marijuana whenever they want. They're not sitting around worrying about whether Cresco is getting another license or not. Right. So, you know, in that regard, as aggravating as all of this is, give me an adult use statute with operating dispensaries any day of the week. And if we have to sit around and deal with all this nonsense, you know, that'll just be a price we have to pay for legal access to uh, cannabis. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, Missouri, um, actually, I think is doing pretty good. Their amendment um, required that the licensed winners be open by the end of this year. And I think they're along the way. Yep. That's what I've heard. And um, I believe Missouri is going to have adult use on their ballot this fall. They've talked about it. I don't know whether they'll be able to get it on the on this application on this uh, ballot or the next one, but it's it's certainly something that they're talking about down there, and uh, I think that its time will come there as well. 
Very good. All right. Well, we're coming to the end of our time slot. I think that's all I had for this week. Uh, never a dull moment in uh, United States politics and cannabis legalization and, you know, cannabis legalization. So um, very uh, interesting times we live in. It's interesting times. Um, it's exciting times. And, uh, you know, any type of social change is never easy. Uh, there's always bumps and hurdles along the way. And clearly uh, legalizing marijuana or decriminalizing it to the point where it basically is legal and making it generally available to people is a big societal change for this country. Uh, you know, up until the last couple of years ago, uh, the Just Say No campaign and the anti-drug messages in this country, which absolutely included marijuana, were overwhelming and, and, and nobody would ever dare challenge that orthodoxy. And now just a few years later, here we are. Mm -hmm. And I did, in fact, just this last week, an adult use uh, dispensary opened up right across the street from my office. So now I've got three adult use dispensaries between my office and home. That makes it tough for me. Very nice. So Yes, sir. All right. Well, this is Jim Marty from Denver, Colorado, saying over and out until next week. Larry? Jim, thank you as always. I look forward to speaking with you next week. For our listeners, please remember that next week we will have uh, – um, uh, uh, our good friend Jay Blakesburg on the show and uh, not sure what he's going to talk about yet, but I can assure you that anything that Jay uh, has to share with us uh, will be interesting. And if you're a fan of the Grateful Dead or jam bands in general, you will not want to miss uh, what Jay has to say. Uh, Jay has to say until then, um, I wish everyone a good week, good health, enjoy your marijuana responsibly, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. If any of you would like to be a guest on the Deadhead Cannabis Show, please give us a call, and um, you can connect to us on our website, the Deadhead Cannabis Show website, or if you're in the cannabis industry and you would like to be a sponsor of our show, please feel free to reach out to us, and we can arrange some very effective marketing for you on, as sponsors of our show. Over and out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.